Speaking for Pastor Henry Harder and the Renewal Singers, I welcome you to another broadcast of What's New. My name is Ed Peters. We continue today in Acts chapter 13, moving on to verses 15 through 25. Here in these verses, Luke begins his account of Paul's first recorded sermon. It's interesting to see that Paul is going to do the same thing that Stephen did before the Sanhedrin. He begins by recounting Israel's history as a nation. Here now is what Luke writes. After the usual reading from the books of Moses and from the prophets, those in charge of the service sent them this message. Brothers, if you have any word of instructions for us, come and give it. So Paul stood, waved a greeting to them, and began. Men of Israel, he said, and all others who reverence God, let me begin my remarks with a bit of history. The God of this nation, Israel, chose our ancestors and honored them in Egypt by gloriously leading them out of their slavery. And he nursed them through 40 years of wandering around in the wilderness. Then he destroyed seven nations in Canaan and gave Israel their land as an inheritance. Judges ruled for about 450 years and were followed by Samuel the prophet. Then the people begged for a king, and God gave them Saul, son of Kish, a man from the tribe of Benjamin, who reigned for 40 years. But God removed him and replaced him with David as king, a man about whom God said, David, son of Jesse, is a man after my own heart, for he will obey me. And it is one of King David's descendants, Jesus, who is God's promised Savior of Israel. But before he came, John the Baptist preached the need for everyone in Israel to turn from sin to God. As John was finishing his work, he asked, Do you think I am the Messiah? No, but he is coming soon, and in comparison with him, I am utterly worthless.
we will see that Paul begins his address, the verses that we are looking at today, speaking about the anticipation and the preparation for the coming of the Messiah. Next, he will focus on the rejection, crucifixion, and resurrection of Jesus Christ, the Messiah. He will conclude his address with an application and an appeal. Now, here with our study for today is Pastor Henry Harder. Paul, a Christian Jew of the first century, made it a point to worship God in the Jewish synagogues wherever he traveled. When he and Barnabas came to Pisidian Antioch, on the Sabbath after their arrival, they went to a Jewish synagogue service. A typical first-century service would include a call to worship and prayers, would include the Shema, reading a section from the Pentateuch or the Law, and reading a section from the Prophets. Usually this would have some connection to the passage from the Pentateuch. Then an address would be given by a suitable Jew. After that, the closing benediction. Each synagogue normally had one leader. Usually this would be one of the elders of that congregation. The leader would appoint the speaker for the service. The day Paul and Barnabas were there, they were invited to speak. We are not told why. Perhaps Paul and Barnabas had arrived early and had introduced themselves to the leader. Since Paul was a Pharisee and had been a student of Gamaliel, that would entitle him to address the group. Or perhaps Paul was dressed like a Pharisee. At any rate, he accepts the leader's invitation. He stands up and makes his way to the pulpit, and with a gesture of his hand, he invites the attention of the audience. He begins by saying, Men of Israel and you Gentiles who worship God, listen to me. That there was a sizable Jewish community in Antioch is attested to by other evidence. In the audience were also God-fearing Gentiles, known as God-fearers. Here, as in other places, it was this group that proved most responsive to what Paul had to say. What should Paul say to this group, Jews and Gentiles? Paul must have thought about it. He speaks first about the anticipation and the preparation for the coming of the Messiah. Next, he focuses on the rejection, crucifixion, and resurrection of Jesus Christ, the Messiah. And finally, he concludes with an application and an appeal. Here is the first part of his speech, where he focuses on the preparation for and the anticipation of the coming of the Messiah. Here is how Luke records it in chapter 13 of Acts. Men of Israel, and you Gentiles who worship God, listen to me. The God of the people of Israel chose our fathers and made the people prosper during their stay in Egypt. With mighty power, he led them out of that country and endured their conduct for 40 years in the desert. He overthrew seven nations in Canaan and gave their land to his people as their inheritance. All this took about 450 years. After this, God gave them judges until the time of Samuel the prophet. Then the people asked for a king, and he gave them Saul, son of Kish of the tribe of Benjamin, who ruled 40 years. After removing Saul, he made David their king. He testified concerning him, I have found David, son of Jesse, a man after my own heart. He will do everything I want him to do. From this man's descendants, 
God has brought to Israel the Savior Jesus, as he promised. Before the coming of Jesus, John preached repentance and baptism to all the people of Israel. As John was completing his work, he said, Who do you think I am? I am not that one. No, but he is coming after me whose sandals I am not worthy to untie. So much the scripture. God is the God of history, and history shows that God was saving the world. History demonstrates the saving or redemptive activity of God. That's why Paul here reviews the history from Abram to David. He wants to establish the point that history demonstrates that God is working on saving the world. God chose Abram and the fathers. God led Israel out of Egypt by his power, and God brought them through the desert. God overthrew the seven great Canaanite nations, and God saved Israel by giving them judges. Finally, Paul comes to the monarchy and to King David. Here he stops his review of Israel's history because David is pivotal in redemption history. There is no need to trace history any further. From David to Jesus is an easy transition. Jesus is David's greater son, the last of David's dynasty, the one through whom all the redemptive promises of God come to pass. Jesus was the inevitable sequel to the ancient days. The Savior had come. He was a descendant of David. He was Jesus the Messiah, the Deliverer raised up by God. It is he who will complete the salvation of the world. When you read Paul's first part of his sermon that way, it makes good sense. The Bible is redemptive history. It records redemptive acts of God, and the greatest act of God to save the world was when he himself came to this planet in Jesus Christ. That's why Paul reviews history. God is always in the process of saving this planet. He was in the past, now his greatest salvation act has come, Jesus the Messiah. That, then, is the first part of Paul's message to these Jews and Gentile God-fearers in this synagogue at Pisidian Antioch, to establish the anticipation and preparation for the coming of the Messiah. Now Paul was able to say, he's arrived, he's here. That's the next point of his message the rejection, the crucifixion, and the resurrection of Jesus. All history looked ahead to that great event, the coming of God into our world in Jesus Christ. Christ is born. 
a radio production of Creative Encounters. Our mailing address is Post Office Box 848, Chapter California, 93263, USA.